0: Hey everybody. Happy Tears has been on hold for a little while. Between a global pandemic, rising unemployment, and civil rights protests in the wake of the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, it took us a while to get to a place where we're ready to do the podcast again. So there's a lot of uncertainty in these times, but one thing we do know for sure is that black lives matter. We've spent a lot of time on this podcast discussing a number of very moving and beautiful works of art by black artists, and we plan to continue celebrating and amplifying black voices as we continue crying happy tears together. Brandon, take it away. Hi, friends.
1: Welcome to Happy Tears.
0: I'm Brandon, and I am Nick, and this is Happy Tears, a podcast where two sensitive boys talk about the art that they love, so much so that it often... Brings them to tears. Today on the podcast, we remember Congressman John Lewis, who passed away just last week on July 17th. The civil rights activist and representative from Georgia was an American icon, and we are covering the three part comic book series documenting the civil rights movement that was written by Congressman Lewis his congressional aide Andrew Aiden and artist Nate Powell. So, come along with us cuz this is Happy Tears. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, despite a deadly pandemic and yeah. the world being insane. Yeah. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing all right considering. Did you How have any you? Uh, any uh, I'm doing doing okay.
1: Did you have any happy tears this week?
0: I don't think so. I've been, you know, I was really good up until the pandemic. I kept a diary. Uh literally just anytime I I cried at anything. I had I had pages worth of of happy tears and then you know a couple weeks into the pandemic in early March I just abandoned it because I was we were just like crying every day (laughs) and uh, I I lost track and so all that to say maybe I had some happy tears in the last week but I I don't have any remarks prepared so I will hand it over to you that's totally fine
1: oh all right so yeah mine practically all came in today I had a kind of a roller coaster of a an emotional day. I had someone who I admire quite a bit. Um, I rolled over out of bed this morning and found out that he had passed away uh, suddenly. His name Michael Brooks. He was a progressive independent journalist who hosted his own podcast, was featured uh, heavily on the Majority Report podcast, he was 37 years old. Passed away uh, of a medical condition, and he had guests featured on his podcast that were, you know, people I really respected. He introduced me to a lot of people. Um, he was someone who seemed like a beacon of light in that kind of political sphere. Uh, he was very globally minded person and um, fought for uh, the, you know, poor people, the working class people, and introduced me to a lot of ideas. But most of all, he was a compassionate person. And super funny guy, but it just felt like... And and from all the tributes I'm seeing, it seemed like he was exactly that guy. But a lot of people that had started uh, their own podcast had kind of done tributes to him and just talked about how he lifted them up so much. And he was a connector for a bunch of people around him that he had this kind of like mix of conviction and humor and compassion, spirituality. He had like this... Uh, just a mix of a bunch of things that it, it seemed like no one else was kind of like him. As someone who uh, kind of cuts through a lot of the uh, back and forth dialogue, I feel like, to really get to the heart of and the humanity of a lot of the issues. And I I really respected him, and he will be missed for sure. It's weird because it's like one of those things where I obviously didn't know him personally, but definitely uh, felt like I he was some sort of friend through all the videos of and content i've kind of consumed i haven't had like a day where i felt like i've cried over someone that i didn't know uh, really in a, in a while but it was a um was one of those kind of deals
0: now that i'm thinking about it and listening to you talk about michael brooks you know it reminds me of how i feel about robin williams who would have turned 69 years old today so you know i definitely feel for you brother
1: yeah, I saw several tributes to uh Robin as well and that was just that was adding more fuel to the the uh, the tear fire right. today. Yeah. So like he, they still aired his podcast tonight but with his sister and uh two of the other guys that are on there and then the majority report was practically uh just a tribute to him today. So a bunch of um colleagues called in and uh so I I was listening to that a good amount and that was just uh I mean, obviously, they're super emotional as well. And so it was weird. It was someone who I felt um, weirdly connected to even even though I uh, didn't know him. So a lot of what he preached was just the uh, importance of empathy. And I think of like our podcast and how, I don't know, when we're getting down to the root of a lot of these things we're discussing, that's like the main theme that always kind of pops up. So just want to kind of stay true to that spirit and it was an encouraging thing for just being a um, part of something like what we do is just that this uh, practice or whatever can be a-, a service of that. So anyways,
0: well between John Lewis, Michael Brooks throwing back to Robin Williams and even uh, reverend CT Vivian who died on the same day as John Lewis and is also featured in this March comic book. We stand on the shoulders of giants and hopefully we <laughs> can just help put a little bit of light in the world. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Let's uh, let's share some stuff about this wonderful series we got here.
0: So in 2015, Congressman John Lewis, along with his congressional aide, Andrew Aydin, and artist Nate Powell, published the first of three volumes of March. Um, It's a comic book series that documents the civil rights movement of the 1960s, and it is narrated from Congressman Lewis's point of view throughout. And tells the story starting from his childhood and events around Emmett Till and Rosa Parks, who are a little bit his senior. We follow young John Lewis as he grows up and and becomes part of this movement. And that story is told, cutting kind of back and forth between the 1960s and the 2009 presidential inauguration of Barack Obama. Um, And so it's just kind of this dichotomy of, you know, a, a very long struggle and a very high point in that struggle and obviously there are there's a lot of work to be done still and ways to go but it is a pretty stunning work that was very educational for me and and really helped me understand you know A lot of the history of this country that much of which I wasn't aware of even though I was you know taught United States history in school and that's kind of where I want to start because admittedly I was not a huge history person in high school I got terrible grades in high school because I was a weird sad boy that refuse to do homework it's a whole thing I'm going to go to therapy pretty soon let us we don't have to get into that but <laughs> I really think like I remember learning about the civil rights movement I remember talking about sit-ins and I remember talking about marches I'd i would I'd be willing to bet that we talked about the, the march uh, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma but I, I do feel like a lot of what I read in this comic book was not taught to me in school yeah um, same here And I also kind of feel like a lot of the civil rights discussion in in high school was, here's a couple things that happened. Here's Martin Luther King. He's our golden boy. He was good because he was nonviolent. And also there was Malcolm X, and he was not so good because he was aggressive. And we didn't like that. (laughs) And again, I didn't excel in history, so maybe I am not the person to ask, but I feel like my public school, <laughs> Texas, suburban Texas, uh, education did not do me justice like this work of art does. Yeah. I'm totally there. Totally there with you on that. Do you remember like, is that basically your experience or do you remember anything different from your education?
1: No, no. I think that that's, I mean, that's pretty close. I would say like, yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, you know, segment, I, I I don't remember if it was days spent on like of course we covered the uh civil rights era but it was a general kind of how you described it uh where there's like yeah practically just talking about martin luther king mentioning malcolm x and showing their differences but not talking a ton about uh, a lot of the people that were introduced to in this book series which uh makes me think this this would be a great resource for for those who want to want to learn now that they like at this point in their life or also just um in schools i guess talking about it again like you said with the sit-ins like i think there's probably some of that but i don't really feel like i got too much of the uh complexity of these groups and a lot of these you know specific
0: events right and of course you know in a in a high school textbook i don't expect them to have all this kind of behind the scenes documentation the way John Lewis would illustrate it, right? Right, of course, yeah. But I do think the kind of cause and effect of the Nashville sit-ins happened and this legislative progress was made or, or this local change happened and here's the system of events and again that may have happened but I really don't think so yeah I guess like the
1: more specifics of the voter suppression stuff I don't remember learning yeah I guess it was just like pretty more so broad I, I think having a textbook but having some supplemental literature would have been better <laughs> maybe some of it we wouldn't have completely grasped but I, I again like something like this that can totally be you know consumed at that age would, I think, would really help. You
0: know, one of the the great things I do love about the way this is set up is it does give you kind of that comprehensive timeline of the major protest efforts of the era, you know, starting with the murder of Emmett Till, going into Rosa Parks, through the Nashville sit-ins, the Freedom Rides, the March on Washington, and, and, and Selma and Montgomery, Alabama so that's nice right like I had never gotten a comprehensive here's a really good retelling of of everything that went on from this period to this period right right And then from there, it was really nice to understand the differences between the different civil rights organizations, you know, the groups that are part of this. So the SCLC, SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, um, CORE is another one of them, and how they didn't always get along and they all had different philosophies. And even John Lewis and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and and all these individuals had slightly varying philosophies and understanding the way that they kind of built a movement despite... Differences in opinions was pretty moving.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I thought those those sections in particular had some great momentum and uh, I don't know. I guess drama in those particular parts that were, was really engaging and just like you said, like highlighting those differences was something that I hadn't really thought about and, and it was really uh, really cool to see. In particular, just like starting off with the because this covers so uh, like a lot of material, right? W- over these three. Uh, books that I appreciated how early on uh, it covers John's childhood in Alabama and gives you like a really it's just pretty introspective at that in those pages and kind of puts you in his shoes and what his motivations were and just kind of what he was feeling as a kid and what he was going through and kind of like showing you some of the the growth in between even then and his the kind of like Nashville. Days or whatever I thought was really important because it does get pretty information heavy as you get and each of these books get bigger. So it was I think it's really nice to kind of ease you into the story that way, but also give you a sense of who who he was early on.
0: Yeah, definitely. By the third volume, it's the biggest in terms of page number and it's pretty dense with information and Event after event. Things just heated up quickly and a lot happened in, you know, like I think it was like 1969 is set. I really appreciated learning a lot of the names and faces of this movement that, you know, outside of the Martin Luther Kings and Malcolm X's, you know, Diane Nash, Fannie Lou Hamer, Mm -hmm. um, these these people that are, are less famous than the giants of the era that made huge impacts. It felt to me like the kind of Marvel or DC universe of civil rights heroes, right? Like they all had their role. And and the way this is a comic book, right? They all kind of, a lot of them got like an introductory like page and kind of got either like a hero pose or, you know, there's one of Malcolm X that is particularly striking that I really like. And so, you know, kind of crossing that um, the real world historic heroes with a medium that is traditionally you know superheroes and and silliness and nonsense yeah
1: no i think that's nice. a really great point that's that's a fun thing to. all right that's a cool comparison i i didn't necessarily think about that but but because of the medium that's totally true
0: another valuable aspect of this is they were able to capture the violence of the era without really pulling any punches, right? I mean, it, it can be pretty brutal at times, which is true to history, right? And so I think from an educational standpoint, we talk about potentially, like, if they were to teach this in high school, it, it is a tough pill to swallow at some points because it is brutal.
1: Yeah, and I think they were very effective uh, in showing those Uh, like circumstances and events like the I think that the illustrations do a really fantastic job of displaying and conveying like the tension and the internal struggles uh, as well as those you know uh, external physical struggles as well and just like you said yeah there's quite a bit of um, you know things that are very disturbing to to look at and I think having it in this format where they're uh, still images but you can kind of dwell on those pages and And we'll talk a little bit more about, like, some of the techniques they use in here. But, yeah, I just thought all that was really effective.
0: Very effective. And, you know, you and I kind of read this together a few months ago. I mean, we've been talking about covering this on the podcast for a while. um, And and it just seemed imperative now that with the passing of Congressman Lewis that we had to cover this at this time, right? We probably would have at some point. But it is crazy because I still had my library books last week. I, I got to revisit it. You know, and some of these images are pretty consistent with some of the news that we're seeing today. You know, it, it is pretty crazy with with the amount of, of Black Lives Matter protests going on in America uh, and, and things that are happening in Portland and, and you know, Minnesota and all, all over. It was a different experience just last week than it was a couple months ago reading this, right, just because of where we're at politically, which was... Not something I was expecting.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you talk about um reading this along with another subject we're gonna cover a little bit in this episode is the uh is an album from a group called Salt that it was an album that we had also discussed talking about, but it kinda goes hand in hand with the material in here and kind of crosses the bridge from this time period to now. So I'm excited to also talk some about that. But you wanna get a little bit to the technical side of, of what we loved about uh, some of the, the illustrations and in, in the format of this,
0: yeah. From a visual standpoint, you know, I really appreciated the sort of comic bookiness of Nate Powell's art. You know, totally. he 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 is you know definitely a skilled illustrator. But you know, there's a lot of elements that that are very common within all of the comic book genre. Things that we've read like Descender or Saga. From you get a several pages of kind of traditional panels of storytelling and then you flip a page and then there's a double spread that's like one big picture or a single page that's and usually those moments are those kind of uh, mic drop moments or, or right, really dr- really dramatic yeah I mentioned the introduction of Malcolm X's one there's a really stunning and kind of stark image of Martin Luther King in the Birmingham jail that I, I adore. And even like towards the end, when uh, John Lewis is is on his way to the uh, the march in Selma, it's like him alone walking down the street, and it's he's coming towards you, the the reader, and it's it's like a hero pose, right? And so uh, we talk about the kind mm-hmm. of comic bookiness and superhero ness of this all. It just translated to this medium so well, and they did a great job.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally agree with you on that. I think there's so many parts of, like, especially I have in book three where I have uh, put put sticky notes on like these pages. But I think that like the way that darkness is used throughout um, throughout this, like there's a lot of pages with uh, black backgrounds. A lot of it has to do with like this inner turmoil or like kind of these darker themes that are happening or like if some something that kind of doesn't go uh, their way or puts them back, uh, there a lot of times will be kind of like these... Uh, pages instead of with a white background, they're with the dark, uh, like a really black background. But
0: yeah, the the use of negative space is really uh, a uh, strong feature of this comic book. You know, both with the stark deep blacks, but also kind of like you said, they have sometimes it'll be a very dark couple of pages and then they'll switch it up with stark white, you know, and use the negative space to um, disorient the reader or or completely jar you and, and change up the way you're feeling.
1: I think of other parts where there's one particular one that has no, there's a page with no words, uh, on it, but there's like five different images stacked on top of each other that gives you kind of a full picture of what's going on in different parts um, of this event, and I think it's just super effective. There's one uh, where it's just their feet marching, and there's one where just like it shows a like a big group of people marching, and then I'll show, and then there's one where it's just close up um, on these officers' faces. Uh, yeah, just things like that that I think creatively uh, make the story just that much more uh, powerful and and make me really enjoy reading it in this format because it, I feel like it had such a, a big impact because of it. And having that imagery, I think, is, is just helpful to hold on to. So I highly recommend this. And we talked about um, having it in schools, but I do think this is a really great way of being introduced to this content and then be able to have discussions around these. And the comic book format is something that when you're in high school, it seems like kind of a cool... A cool thing that I, you know, you're exposed to outside of school but never in it. So, yeah, I think that it would be a, definitely a useful tool.
0: Another thing I really appreciated by being dropped into these uh, moments in history there's a, a particular scene during the March on Washington where John Lewis is giving a speech. It's a speech that is kind of famous because it was, he was the sixth speaker of that day. The 10th speaker was Martin Luther King and that was the, I have a dream speech. Uh, But when John Lewis spoke or before he spoke, I should say, the other organizers made him change his speech because he was too harsh against the government. Uh, He was too radical in a lot of people's eyes.
2: My friend, let us not forget that we are involved in a serious social revolution. By and large, American politics is dominated by politicians who build their career on immoral compromises and allow themselves an open form of political, economic, and social exploitation. <laughs> there are exceptions, of course. We salute those. But what political leader can stand up and say, my party is a party of principles? For the party of Kennedy is also the party of Islam. The party of Javis is also the party of Goldwater. Where is our party? Where is the political party that will make it unnecessary to march on Washington? Where is the political party that will make it unnecessary to march in the streets of Birmingham?
0: Where is the it, it's a really great story, and it's a really great scene, the way that they have kind of set it up in the storytelling. But what I love about it is... I pulled up the YouTube video of him delivering this speech as I kind of read along on the comic book. And the YouTube video, because of, you know, A, the limitations of media back then, but also just the way the news works, is it's like one static camera, basically, focused on the podium, right? In the comic book... It's set like a movie would be. There are different shots. There's a wide shot of the crowd. There are there's a close up of the speakers. It goes back to his face and then it cuts to the side angle of him. They are able to editorialize, you know, the scene by by staging it in in a way that tells the story in the most effective and most, you know, gripping way. I really appreciated that you know, just like any other visual medium, they're able to really paint the picture in a deeper sense than, you know, watching old news footage. Totally. So the only thing I struggled with, and it was really at the beginning and then I got over it, but at first my reaction to it being black and white was, well, this feels like historical footage. Would it not be more powerful to do this in color and kind of, you know, the black and white thing is just another small way that, a reader could potentially disconnect in terms of, well, this was a long time ago. We don't have to worry about this. You know, that may be dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like, because a lot of the issues that were, that are happening in the sixties are still, you know, part of our culture today. Um, Did you struggle with that at all? Did you have any thoughts or feelings about that?
1: I don't think so. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm, uh, the form of the comic book often does come in in black and white, although obviously we've most of what we've covered and a lot of what I uh, have experienced has been in color. But I do think, I don't know, I think maybe it adds more um, like a, I don't know if gravitas is the right word, like I feel like the it adds some, like a sense of importance to these events. And then I like the dramatic elements where we were talking about, but uh, of the stark contrast between these lights and darks i think uh, might have only been this this effective and with only using the whites and i mean yeah there's obviously shades of grays and stuff but um only black and white yeah. so uh no, that's a good point i i mean i agree with you now that you bring that point up I, I do wonder what kind of different effect it might have in in color but i didn't really think about that reading it
0: it was something that really crossed my mind early and then you know when, once you're in it you're in it the the thing that I, that that popped into my mind as we were recording this was oh one reason that maybe they chose to go black and white is because if you do it in color it's kind of a bloody comic book you know like it's there's a lot of physical Mm -hmm. violence happening to protesters and if you Mm -hmm. do it in color i don't know how you get around it without making it you know certain amount of blood in a movie will change the rating from (laughs) you know pg to pg-13 so that's interesting yeah um, that, that's something that that now that I'm thinking about it might have been a factor and does you do you still have all of the books no I took them back yesterday i I felt bad because I've had them for you know the library was closed for like two months and I was <laughs> Too long it was Too long great for Brandon. that I had them <laughs> right <laughs> you were so sad um, it was great but I didn't read the book you know I had already read them. And was like, well, maybe I'll get back to reading them again, and then I didn't. And then the library opened back up, and I still held on to them for a little longer. And then John Lewis passed away, and I was like, well, I, if people weren't already requesting them, which I'm sure they were, they're were totally going to now. So I've got to, I got to yeah. take these back. So I, I read them as quickly as I could in like a day or so, and then and then I took them back yesterday. Cool.
1: Yeah, I uh, I need to I need to return them as well. Like the all those dates got pushed back quite. A ways for the books that I currently have, but uh, I agree that it would be a good good thing to do to return these early.
0: Well, okay, well, so let's get into the the album "Untitled (Parentheses Black Is)" by the group the collective known as Salt.
1: Yeah, I think there's a little mystery around this. A lot of people didn't know who they were, and there's still only word of just a few of them being. Kind of unmasked there, but I don't know how many people actually contributed to this album, but uh cleo soul is definitely one of them and she's a primary uh vocalist on this. So yeah, they're from the UK.
0: Don't shoot, guns. Don't down. shoot, don't
2: shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. guns. Don't
0: This whole album is essentially it's all about revolution baby you know it's uh, <laughs> the album art is a black and white photo of the of the, the power fist much like a lot of the art of this it's kind of shrouded by a bunch of black negative space right <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just kind of uncanny timing um, for this to be released you know in the current political moment that we're in it's definitely in America but really you know, around the world with with Black Lives Matter protests happening uh, everywhere.
1: Yeah, and, and funny enough, it goes along, like, so their previous releases were, uh, they have one called Five and one called Seven, but all, that are also just with a big black background. And, you know, they were able to continue that uh, style, uh, with this new release, which was a surprise release that I first heard, they they announced that they were going to release it on on Bandcamp. Um, but Giles Peterson on his uh, radio show played this album all the way through, which he I think is only done with one other record. Uh, but he found it super powerful, and so I, I heard it a couple of days before it was released on Bandcamp. But it kind of it kind of floored me, and I've been kind of singing its praises ever since then.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible from the the many different uh kind of styles of music that it utilizes mm-hmm. to the different aspects of black culture and kind of the revolutionary spirit that they're, you know, speaking to both in a very modern sense but also going back to the civil rights era and even I think there's tribute sort of back to African culture right uh, you know mm-hmm. bo- both musically and spiritually within this record yeah
1: totally uh, one thing that kind of struck me I mean from the beginning you kind of get a feel of what what you're uh what you're getting into but I think one thing like a lot of these songs are shorter and then there's, there's these really uh powerful kind of interlude like spoken word interludes throughout black is safety black is
2: breaker all clear black tells you it's all gonna
1: be okay in the end black is granny
2: black is auntie black is there's still meat on that bone little girl
1: with all these different styles and kind of song links and stuff it just reminded me of almost like chapters or uh snapshots of of a movement from all of these kind of different angles and uh i just thought that was really powerful i thought it was sequenced incredibly well yeah there's several highlights on here i know we can we could talk about a lot of these songs but what uh Were there particular things that stood out to you as you were listening?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with uh, your assessment of the sequencing. I I think it is uh, really stunning, and I do think it kind of reflects in a lot of ways this comic book series in that it also, you know, both the, the music and... This comic book are a documentation and a reflection on struggle, as well as many other things. Right, there are positive moments and revelations throughout both, and they both kind of end in a in a hopeful and and powerful way. Yeah, motivational uh, so, for sure. Luckily, as I said, in the last week I was able to you know read March before taking it back to the library, and I actually put this album on. While I was reading because it just felt right, you know? Yeah. I had one very specific moment of of happy tears, just this just weird visceral reaction to a particular song playing while I'm reading about these difficult struggle of the civil rights movement, right? So there's a song on the Salt album called Hard Life. You know, most of this track is just kind of this um, plodding, non-stop bass and drum combo with some vocals going over it. You know, the bass is just kind of, you know, drone, bump, 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 bump. It, it feels almost like uh, a march, right? Right, it is. So yeah, there's a moment about halfway through where a strong female lead vocalist starts to kind of break in and disrupt this kind of march of a drum beat, right? But the way that they've constructed it, the the vocal kind of keeps getting cut off, right? Like it's like it's clear that they are are cutting it short because she doesn't even finish the line.
2: Finally to Finally
0: Listening to it and reading this comic book, which is just about the struggle of this civil rights movement. It really felt like each time that line was cut short, was kind of reminiscent of moments within this comic book. There are many times within the civil rights struggle when they felt like they were making progress and then the powers that be were able to kind of beat the movement down, right? There's another setback. And every time that vocal was cut off made me think about Emmett Till or the assassination of Martin Luther King. Even today to, you know, people like Trayvon Martin and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. It was pretty devastating, man, because it's a powerful vocal line and there's like a gospel choir that kind of echoes behind her and it's very exalted and, and beautiful. I mean it feels like church in a lot of ways and it kind of just feels like it's a representation of these these constant setbacks of this struggle and once it finally breaks through it's more like we're hoping for a future like this because the line is finally we've reached the end. Yeah,
2: finally we've made-
1: It sounds like a really moving experience. I love, uh, like you said, when uh, special moments happen like that between uh, the text or images and uh, music that aren't directly linked, um, like a soundtrack or something, but that uh, to connect in a way that brings new life to a story. So that is going to be our listener question of the week. Oh. If, uh, if any of our audience has ever had a, an experience like like that please let us know where you've come across uh an album or a song while uh reading that uh yeah kind
0: of that that confluence of of art forms love that dope yeah like
1: i said there and i think a lot of what i was talking about the snapshots there's a lot of like longer tracks followed by short tracks and then longer so it feels like there's kind of it's broken it's it flows in a really beautiful way but it's broken up into Segments that feel like they're telling a different part of the story, which I think is great. So, but in terms like musically, I really love the song uh, "Wildfires." Just kind of the the groove of that song mixed with her delivery, I think is is really powerful, and and the lyrics are also really powerful. skipping down several tracks, there's one that features Michael Kiwanuka that I think is is really cool and, and totally different from some of the other tracks on here and feature some of those uh, African rhythms and stuff that we you had mentioned before. Um,
0: I love this track.
1: Me too.
2: I'm Santa Kenya, hey, hey. Jiki, Miki, hey, hey. Remember Rwanda, hey, hey. I see Tanzania. Hey, my bird is to Canada, take care of Somalia, We Sudan, Rat thicker than water, Watching Green Bobby Yo, Madagascar. I need you to Angola. I see Tanzania. My people in Kumbu. I wanna be Sudan. that's with Nigeria. My teachers to Libya.
1: And then there's a track called miracles that that uh, floored me like right at the beginning it has like this kind of like beat switch into this it was a stink face track for me for sure swing to it that's, I think, really great, and then this kind of choir that echoes Miracle, I think is really powerful.
0: And I love a good track that, that the uh, the main melody is like a backing vocal.
1: Feels like a very kind of laid-back track, but there's this
0: uh, segment
1: when, like towards the end where she has a segment where it goes no matter how high I will rise, we will rise, and I found that part to be yeah really powerful. No no Kinda of miracles all way all the way through the last track really Um, really held my attention I thought was a really interesting way to end it all because the, the last track has a pretty different vibe than a lot of the record and it seems like a very positive it's called pray up stay up kind of like a encouraging word to uh the listener and to you know uh, fellow people in the fight I guess it felt like that to me at least
0: absolutely I think it's a wonderful high point to end that album and like I said I think it mirrors the high point of ending the the comic book you know with the inauguration of President Barack Obama it's a good one it's it's the it's some of the light that (laughs) we all need right now
1: yeah I mean I have it on a morning playlist and I feel like it's a really great morning song I do want to mention one uh, recommendation I have that's kind of in line with this. A book that I also got from the library uh, called The Undefeated. It's by Kwame Alexander and uh, illustrated by Kadir Nelson. And I'm just going to read the description here. On the inside it says, uh, this is for the unforgettable, the unafraid, the undefeated. This is a love letter to America, to black America, to the grit, passion and perseverance of our greatest artists, athletes, and activists, to the dreamers, to the strength and bravery of everyday people caught in the web of history. With references to lyrics and lines originally shared by our most celebrated heroes, this poem digs into the not so distant past to underline the endurance and spirit of those surviving and thriving in the present. I just thought this would be another really cool uh, resource to have for even younger readers than than March. Um, it's a picture book. With some really beautiful paintings and illustrations throughout and just a, a great way to you know familiarize yourself or your kids with these people and their faces so it's like i found it really powerful and uh highly recommend it to go along with uh the march reading or to introduce before um someone's of age to really understand or connect with some of the events and in, in march so just wanted to leave leave you with that
0: uh yeah this album has seems to have just dropped at the perfect time it is it is a crazy time in our world it seems to capture the spirit of our era and eras past and Mm -hmm. this comic book was a really educational and moving experience for me and i feel lucky to have lived in a world with a john lewis and that that these men were able to create this document of history. Absolutely. So with that, um, I think we'll say, uh, you know, rest in peace, Congressman John Lewis, Mr. Michael Brooks, uh, Reverend C.T. Vivian, and uh, pray up, stay up, folks. Pray Pray up, stay up.
2: Pray up, stay up.
0: I say thank you for listening to Happy Tears. Happy Tears is produced by Nick Melita and Brandon Henry. You can find more information as well as this episode's show notes at happytearspod.com. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review at Apple Podcasts. On Twitter, we are at happytearspod, and on Instagram, we're at happytearspodcast. And the Facebook page is happytearspodcast. Great.
1: Uh, Original theme music by Homage. You can find his music at youtube.com slash homage beats or on instagram at homage beats uh, check out our playlist on spotify called happy tears mixtape we throw songs on there from albums and songs we cover on the podcast keep an eye and an ear out for uh, some new podcasts coming your way uh, maybe some seasonal ones maybe covering
0: the first half of the year be sure to hit us up with your answers to the the audience question. What is... One either visual work of art or text that has been enhanced by, you know, you playing music in the background or you being in the right place at the right time. Something something special going down. (laughs) The magic's a brewing. And that is all for this week of Happy Tears. Farewell!